Hello everyone, Anthony here. We just wanted to take a moment instead of our usual opening to thank everyone for taking time out of your busy holiday season and allowing us to be a part of it. So from all of us here at My First Anime, happy holidays. Welcome back to, or I guess welcome to the second arc of my first anime. Do you guys get it? Yeah, it was really a dumb joke. Anyway. <laughs> uh, we're here to talk about Perfect Blue this time. Written by Sariyuki Murai, who you may remember from a couple episodes of Cowboy Bebop. And directed by the late, great Satoshi Kone. And a name I did not know before, but definitely have to call him out. The composer, uh, Masahiro Ikumi. As for... I'm just going to do the voice actors at the start, because there's really only three I think we need to talk about. With uh, Junko Iwao, did the voice of uh, Mima. Rika Matsumoto did the voice of Rumi. And Shinpachi Shuji did the voice of Totokoro, none of which had any other roles that really jumped out at me from a quick peruse of their IMDb's. Oh, well, Mima is a best friend of uh, Codcaptor Chakra. I don't know what that means. Isn't her best friend like a squirrel or something? I've, <clears throat> I don't no. know anything about Codcaptors. <laughs> no, I think she's the best friend that dresses up Chakra in all those like things. I'll take your word for it. I can't believe you haven't watched Cloud Captain Chakra. What is wrong with you? Could be what's right with me, but okay. I've never seen it. This whole this whole podcast is for you, Anthony. Of course, you haven't fucking seen it. <laughs> um. Yeah. Anyway, uh, I'm Chris Bailey. I'm uh, Salvador, also known as Monkey. And I'm Anthony Vaught. I wish I had watched this movie more than an hour ago. Because I need more time to think about some things here. One thing is, I ha- I wish I would have rewatched this movie. This is my first time watching it, so it's Same. one of those things. Now you know how it fucking feels. Yeah. It's one of those things, like, I just don't... It, it, I'm just going to tell, tell you why I left that. This movie is fucking fantastic, but I do not like this movie. This movie is not for me, and it will never be for me. Oh, and yeah, I, I guess... totally accepted it. Sorry. Um, I guess we we'll probably have, what, two or three by this point, but I'm just going to go ahead and throw out one more. Uh, if somehow you're listening to this, have not heard any of the other discussion of leading up to it, or read any show notes, and have not seen the movie, hey, content warning for Perfect Blue. There's some stuff yeah. you may not want to see. Yeah. It, I, I won't go through what they are, but, you know, if you're hearing this, suddenly you're like, oh, shit, content warning, go check what those are, because there's, I'm sure, a database on the internet. Like you guys were saying, I'd never seen this movie either, part of why I picked it. I've seen uh, other stuff by Satoshi Kon. Um, This is, I think, definitely my favorite of what I've seen from him. 
I absolutely love this movie. <laughs> Holy shit, dude. Um, come on, I'm, dude, I, I'm going to, I'm having a hard time jumping into the beginning because I'm still caught in the third act of that movie. Uh, yeah, dude, same. I think I watched this about two, or I think I finished it about two and a half hours ago. So let's just go. Let's let's talk about something fun. Let's talk about the Power Rangers. The Power Rangers. <laughs> well, before that, um, what's it called? What? I have a note. Before? So oh, at the very okay. beginning of this, I put, ugh, I don't want to watch this. <laughs> <laughs> and like I said, I this movie is fantastic. It's good. It's not for me. I would never watch this on my own, like, thing. Your own volition? Yes, thank you. That's and then also put down, uh, it's made by Madhouse, and we, Madhouse is a fantastic mm-hmm. animation studio. I should look it up, but they are doing great things even right now. And I think Perfect Blue is 1997, and they're still, they're still trunking on. Yeah, uh, I mean, it looked a little rough at the beginning, but yeah, the Madhouse is a fantastic studio. Yeah. Okay, now you guys can talk about the Power Rangers. Power Rangers. I think they're called Powertron. They are called Powertrons, yeah. Oh, I wish I wrote the name of the villain because it was something stupid. Oh, that would have been fantastic. It was like King Macho or something like that. <laughs> oh, actually, before we dive right into the, before we go into the movie, do either of you know anything about um, idol culture in Japan? Oh, yeah. That, that is actually a really good point, Orange. Because that's know basically what this movie's culture. about. <laughs> Yeah. No, I have no idea. Well, now you have a little bit of a disturbing insight. I apologize if people know more than I'm about to say, and I'm talking out of my ass. What I'm getting is just from things I've read and from uh, depictions I've seen in other media. But idol culture is basically like these girls are meant to be like the images of purity and the ex- exactly what the audience wants them to be. They are barely allowed to have... Uh, like, no one can know stuff about their personal lives to the extent that they even have them. They're not allowed to date. Like, they're they're not they're very strictly managed in terms of what the public is allowed to see from them. And on top of that, which I, the movie doesn't get into it with the idol stuff that much. But apparently it's, like, a pretty abusive uh, industry as well. I, I don't know if it's better now or worse now or what. But it's very exploitative and generally sounds pretty shitty. I mean... Just based on the two, uh, her two managers, it seemed pretty exploitative. Yeah, for sure. Like, there's a lot of stuff in there that I was like, "Are you really? They're just gonna let them get away with this shit?" Also, um, what's it called? Agencies in Japan literally control your life. If you like ever sign up with the agency or something like that, like you're basically signing a contract to the devil. Well, I wouldn't. I mean, I bet there's some good agencies, but I'm saying like they own you basically. Yeah, t- talent agencies are, uh, I can't think of the word. They can come for my goddamn American freedom if they want to. <laughs> well, hey, I got news for you about the American entertainment industry. <laughs> Wait, hold on, no. <laughs> Have you heard of a guy called Harvey Weinstein? Uh, no, it doesn't sound familiar. Oh, okay. He sounds like a strand-up guy, though. <laughs> <laughs> and cut, I'm quitting cut. the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, it's just a thing to keep in mind, uh, the idol culture stuff, uh, especially like the fact that it was made. This was made in 1997. And it considering the so, the explosion of social media these days, I think it's almost more prescient now than it was back then. Anthony, do you understand why they keep like um, the personal lives of idols like secret and stuff like that? Well, uh, I mean, like 
basic like human or like basic decency of these people so no no exact opposite it they want all these people to i mean they're called idols so idolize these pure young women they want to they want to seem unsullied like basically it's a culture of simping so they actually so they do it to encourage this that shit yes exactly they do it so the fucking Hikikomori will go buy her posters because it's his fuck his weird. I don't know, man. It's gross. Yeah, it's like that thing that happened to um, what's it called? That boy band that was in America, One Direction, what? and how they was like super pure and stuff like that. They had purity rings. Oh shit! I didn't know that. Yeah, they had like yeah, Jonas Brothers did that too. Oh, it might have been the Jonas Brothers. It might have been them. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, and yeah, they had they definitely had the purity rings going on and yeah, stuff like that. And that that's not that's not saying that's not to send a good message. It's just a saying, hey, go, you can come over here. Like, what's called? We're not gonna do. You know what I mean? It's just like he's a cool guy. I mean, he's nice and pure, but hey, you know, maybe you're special enough. Yeah, exactly. It's oh just, no, that stuff I get. That's that's definitely an American thing too. Where like the ba- the girls read the magazines about how what perfect actually is, and then the boy bands like Justin Bieber back in the day would sing how much that he loves you. Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, I mean it's because it, of how special you are. It's it's de- it definitely feels more um, emphasized from Japanese culture. I think. Yeah, it's like yeah, ten no, times that's bigger. Stuff I understand. Yeah, it's it's ten times bigger in Japan. I mean, there's still stories of. Um, it like idols and shit getting stalked but yeah so we get our fun little sentai scene wait explain yourself uh sentai is the term for things like the power rangers like a little show that they do on t- on a stage uh no it's it's um i don't know the like strict definition for it but it's that type of oh oh okay it started as uh, a series called Super Sentai. I knew that. Why didn't I know that? Um, which were like, they're like the original Power Rangers, basically. They look like that. They act like that. They're like yeah. the cheesy colored people in bodysuits that strike poses and fight over the top bad guys. So sure. everything that came after that is called Sentai. Like that became a genre, basically. So the Power Rangers, is, you're talking about the genre is Sentai of yes. the plays they were doing or whatever. Right. Also, I just known today, JoJo is Sentai. Did not know that. Jojo, sure, in a way, I guess I could see that <laughs> argument. It was a really funny joke, Owen. You were supposed to laugh, but okay. I, I mean, I don't think that's entirely an untrue, though. <laughs> exactly. Okay, go on. I looked back at my notes after the movie ended and completely forgot about that scene and saw it at the top and was like, what is the point of that scene? But then I remembered the guys at the beginning like, oh, that was totally different than it's like on TV. Yeah. Some foreshadowing. Uh-huh. Not even really for. I guess hinting, really, at, like, what's going to happen. Yeah. But then we get... Is it... Uh, is it pronounced Cham? Uh... The J-pop group? I don't know. It might have been Cham, Cham... It'd probably be Cham? No, it's Cham, I think. Yeah, he definitely said something, like, way more Japanese than just Cham. Probably Cham. It, pro- it was probably Chamu. It was very fast. Because just what I know of um, the Japanese language at the alphabet, like Cha is a character and Mu is a character. They don't have like they don't have a sound for Che or for Ch or Am or anything like that. So I would expect to be Chamu 
if he were to like say it but in a lot of times the ooh sound will kind of get dropped in the way we do silent letters so it'd probably be chum all right we can do chum chum or whatever but yeah go ahead with your uh Uh, i mean i was just kind of overview the scene man that we get introduced to chum and or actually even but kind of before that we get the whole like uh they forgot the they're, song and stuff like they're that. They're going no. The song comes after they get introduced, but like even before, or I guess right after Power Rangers, we're going through the. Uh, they're doing like a really cool scene. I like. I liked it artistically, I guess, because they're taking the camera, I guess you could say, and cutting it between like different people as we work our way toward the stage, and you're getting like a whole a lot of information real quick. Like, the kids that were saying stuff about, you know, this isn't, that was nothing like it, and then we, like, cut to something else, cut to these guys saying, hey, we're thinking, or they're, they're gonna, she's gonna do a solo act, and then something else is, like, cutting to, yeah, uh, I'm not sure she's a good enough actress yet, so we're getting, like, the stage, and it's a really cool cut to cut to cut to cut, but it's a continual scene kind of thing. And then that's when we get to, like, hey, you're on, and then they come outside, and then, yeah, that J-pop DDR song is my shit. <laughs> That's my. That's gonna be my new fucking ringtone, dude. So maybe you like idol music, dude. I might. Let me introduce you to baby metal. <laughs> they like don't think baby metal is idol music. They're kind of like idol music, but also metal. We have to introduce you to baby metal, though. Anthony. They actually fucking jam. Yeah, but I really, I hike you with that song on my Spotify. <laughs> I doubt you can get it. Uh, I so. Dude, this dude like Satoshi Kon's uh, movies have just started becoming available. Basically, oh, okay. in, in like any really? kind of live stream, yeah, they've been really, really hard to get for a long time. Oh, so before before we enter this, so you said there was an English dub to this? Supposedly, yeah. I well, yeah, I mean, I ordered all mine off of Amazon. I just see no. English. Yeah, it was Amazon too. Yeah, I, I yeah, don't know. It was definitely it, sub. I don't know. Yeah, there there was an English voice cast, which uh, <laughs> I I did look at it, and funnily enough, um, Rumi is played by Wendy Lee. Who did Faye? Oh, nice! But that was the only name I recognized from the English voice cast. So, oh, also, if you can watch any anime that's Japanese with English subtitles, remember to put the English subtitles on whenever you watch it, you guys. Because <laughs> yeah, I completely I... forgot. I don't I know why, too. but fucking Amazon does not understand it. It's supposed to put subtitles on whenever you're watching something foreign. <laughs> yeah, I I had to do that because I watched the first three minutes and I was like, where the fuck are the subtitles? <laughs> yeah, I got about halfway through the Power Rangers scene. It's like, hold up. <laughs> yeah, so uh, just you pretty much talked about everything I wanted to, but I think especially during like during the concert, they do some really quick cuts as well to show some other things. Like um, they, they show other things happening that aren't just taking place at that exact moment. And yeah, the, the way this movie uses cuts is phenomenal. I agree, yeah. Uh, one of the cuts is her shopping. Oh, yep, yep, yep. They show her, like, shopping, and I think one is just her walking, and then it, like, fades into her back or something. It's fantastic. Uh, but, yeah, now we can talk about this creepy fuck. Yeah, as soon as I saw that, and then uh, the only thing I really had going on this is I didn't even, I didn't watch the trailer for this or anything, so I just saw the term psychological thriller. So as soon as I saw that guy, I was like, all right, so he's the fucking weirdo. <laughs> if it wasn't obvious enough. It was just weird. And the fact that there were so many men in the audience. Yeah, dude, that's... I was actually, I was watching that, and I was like, I wonder if Anthony's going to talk about the the ratio of men in this audience. Dude, like... Because 
that's what I was talking about with the idol culture, dude. That's who they're catering to. That's who they want to go to their shows and buy their shit. That's so fucking weird. Or not want to. I'm sure they would embrace other people doing it, but that's who does. Yeah, that's... Ugh, that's... Mm. Is this guy red herring? And I was kind of white. Uh, maybe. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Mm. By the end of this movie, I don't know what's happening. I'm going to tell you guys that right now. Like... <laughs> I mean, I, I've thought about it much more afterwards, but literally my last note is, what the fuck? Oh, I think no, that's dude. mine, too. My, 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 I, I have pages of what the fuck is happening right now. <laughs> I think I have that written down as well, but my last like notes are like, holy shit, wow, what a ride. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, I think the beginning of this movie is fairly straightforward. Some nice cinematography, some good music, some good, like, world building, but for the uh, most part... I'm gonna part, stop you there. Some great music. Oh, yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you're welcome. Some... I, I have music called out a couple times here. It's friggin' wild. How, like, unsettling and perfectly evocative of the mood it is through the whole thing. Yeah, there was three times I came out of the movie, and it was because of the music. <laughs> like, in a good way. Like, holy shit, I love this song. Oh, gotcha, okay. So, yeah, then we get the three dudes... Uh, start. They start causing shit in the back. Why are they allowed to allow this to happen? They they showed up a week beforehand, right? How come they're not banned out of this place? I mean, I I think, it looks fairly public, honestly. Yeah, a lot of from again, from my understanding, a lot of idle performances for like smaller groups, which are which were led to believe that this is like not a very popular or big group. They're still kind of making their way. They yeah, do a lot definitely. of public performances and don't have a lot of budget. That's why. That fucking creepo is a security guard. <laughs> I just realized that he's a security guard. Oh, yeah. I thought he was just a fucking weird guy that could get to wherever he wanted to get. No, he was a security that, guard. <laughs> that, oh, God, that makes so much more sense on a lot of things. <laughs> that, that's what he was confused about, was the fact that that guy's not a security guard. <laughs> no, yeah, I just I wasn't confused about it. I just never thought about it. Mm. God, that is very problematic. <laughs> <laughs> so that dude goes and tries to break it up, gets beat up. He gets a shit knocked out of him. Yeah, until, uh... I guess it's worth noting that this is during Mima's, like, farewell speech. From Chama. And the dude, like, the main bully dude is about to throw a can at her, and that's when... <laughs> the stalker, I guess, uh, actually manages to stop him, and they go and leave and do their own thing. And then things start getting a little creepy. <laughs> if they weren't already just by seeing Yeah, I was guy. already like, oh, come on, man. <laughs> <laughs> she reads that love letter, which, come on, don't write, I always like looking into Mima's room. So weird. What are you doing? I don't care if it's a link to your website. What are you doing? <sighs> well, was it, is he the one that gave it to her? I thought it was one of the, like, uh, just the fanboys. I thought they followed Mima's room. Oh, man, you you're, you might be right. Wait, what, what, what's called? No, Mima's room is from, um, what's called? It's from her agency, isn't she? That's a love letter from her. Huh? Even in the end, right? Oh, um, it's possible. Because she's the one that's, um, what's called, writing down what Mima does. Yes, right. So she's the one that gave Mima the love letter. It's the guy, some random guy just gave it to her and said, I'm always looking at Mima's room. Right, right, right. right. Yeah, oh, yeah. okay. Yeah, okay. Okay, then. Okay. Though I, I think you're right that uh, Rumi was, like, the one running that site. Yeah. But we do. We have no idea, though. Not at this point, yeah. 
Like that's I mean, like I, at the end. I already figured it out because I'm so smart. But yeah, bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> no, dude. I I thought for sure that um, what's it called? Not thought for sure, but I was like, I wonder if I rewatch this movie if stuff starts connecting. I oh, don't absolutely. know. Absolutely. I think this is a uh, definitely a movie where you get more each time you watch it, and like when you know what's <laughs> happening, you know what to look for. I want to talk about her fucking room real quick. Yeah. She had some okay. wine bottles scattered around. First of all, irresponsible fish owner. She forgot to feed her fish. Hey, she and she has her fish. own merch hanging up in her wall. Of course. She has her group's merch on the wall. Alright. <laughs> Do you not like that at all? Uh, no, it rubbed me the wrong way when I used to go to shows and they'd like the lead singers wear their own fucking merch. Well, okay, but she's like a naive up-and-comer trying to be optimistic, cheer herself and her friends on. She's not like, yeah, look at me, I'm a fucking badass. That's she's true. probably like, a, yeah. yeah, you can do it, we got this. <laughs> I guess that's true. Yeah, then she gets that phone call, though. Yes, um, but do you know about the bathroom situation in Japan, Orange? Hold on. <laughs> I don't think I understand the question. Because if I remember correctly, <laughs> which I'm speaking out of my ass... But I think they have to heat up the water first. Like, they turn on something to heat up the water before they actually, like, take a shower. Oh, okay. Before the... Oh, okay, that's a very different question. Okay. Look, man, I don't know. Like, Japan's got a lot of bidets. He could have been asking about that for some reason. My bad. I um, know that was worded wrong. I have a bidet. What do you mean? Bro, Japan I need to long. get one. They're fucking sick. God, I need to get a bidet. I don't have a bidet, but I really want one. I want one. I'm just saying, uh, hey, bidet, if you want to sponsor us. Bidet is not a brand. <laughs> Any bidet company. Happy Owens? Or do you have to always be white? Always be right. Okay, fuck you too. Are you tired of the shit coming out of our mouths? Get us a bidet. <laughs> Dude, I'd score. Eh, hold on. Nope, that's a weird thing to say. Anyway, <laughs> to answer your question, no, I don't know. I mean, I I think maybe part of the implication is that she's in a like she has lower income, and, and oftentimes you have to wait for your water to heat up if you're in like a cheap apartment. <laughs> okay, but maybe it is a thing in Japan in general. I don't know. Also, she was running a bath, not a shower. So there's always some waiting involved there, I believe. She took a fucking nap. Didn't she did she? take. I mean, yeah, she looked yeah. like she was tuckered out. Yeah, exactly. Like, why? Why would you like take being stalked is hard work. So yeah, go ahead with uh, the phone call, I guess. I think it just gave us more insight into like uh, her like acting situation, and of course like the naivety of parents, because mm-hmm. she was explaining like, "No, mom, it's like this kind of stuff," and then she's like, "I got another call," and then we get the weird dude, presumably the weird dude. Yeah. <gasps> yeah, it was fucking Darth Vader. See, I would ask you if you were okay if you did. That. Okay. I won't do that again, you guys. <laughs> Don't sound so upset. Apparently, I can't do a creepy voice. I was practicing uh, my heavy breathing for three weeks. <laughs> but can we talk about how oh, this is 1997? I, I, I guess she's an actress and whatever, but she had a fax machine. We have fax machines now. Um, in her room. You have one in your room? No. All right. It's I weird. do. I'm an important businessman. No, you're not. <laughs> Supposedly in Japan, not a lot of people have printers. Yeah, supposedly you can go to a convenience shop and um, pay money to get stuff printed. I mean, you can do that here, too. Yeah, we got that, too. You never been to a Staples, homie? Yeah, but that's like a Staples. They go to, like, a gas station and do this. Oh, okay. That's weird. 
Oh, a convenience store. Good on them. Printers are bullshit. <laughs> oh, printers are awful. They're fucking awful machines. All right, well, we'll save that for the printing podcast. I fucking, I have to no, buy I'm taking a stance against big printer right now. Stance against big printer. I hate these big printer companies coming here, taking over our jobs. <laughs> big printer, big ink. We're coming Seriously, after you. I was, a, I was a scribe before big printer came in. <laughs> oh my Automated God. it. This man's a scribe. <laughs> I see you, inkjet or cannon or whatever the fuck. All right, so next is the TV scene. Well, hold on. I think it's worth noting what she got faxed. Yeah. Oh, facts. yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Second, yeah. second signal. That does a stock call. Yeah, well, it's just a bunch of what it, it was trader, right? A different bunch of different ways. Yeah. yeah. Trader, 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 trader. All right, that would already fucked me up. Uh, yeah, we'll get to that. Yeah, I would be moving, right? Like. Am I the only one that thinks like that? Like, oh, I know she's in this like moment, right, where she's like this uh, rookie actress. That's the exact term I think she used, and sure. she's also the a J-pop idol. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how big or small they are, but I definitely like when I went to, or I don't know. Have you guys ever been to like shows like that are definitely for bands that aren't popular? I have not. Well, that security is very similar to what I saw there. So that's what oh, I had yeah. to relate it to. So that actually felt real to me. Or like it yeah. was realistic in my opinion. Obviously the group was not a big venue concert. So it did seem slightly realistic. Like hey it's not worth the money and stuff to like hide her. Like where she lives. What all of her numbers are. Moving constantly. You know. Or not moving constantly. But constantly switching numbers and shit like that. So I kind of understood why she wasn't freaked out about it. But that's still fucked up. <laughs> also I wouldn't be surprised if like that's just something that. Someone quits an idol group and now people are pissed. Yeah, because she didn't seem too phased by it. So I'm pretty sure, like right after it says "traitor, traitor, traitor," it just we just move on right into the next scene. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she doesn't even really she doesn't even get a chance to really acknowledge it. This is I don't remember exactly when in the scene it happens. I think it's um I think they're talking about the lead actress in the show. Uh, Ari. Yeah. E R I. Ari. Yeah. Is she the one with the black hair? Yes. Yes. Okay. First of all, she's a fucking trooper. Like, oh my gosh. Does not complain whatsoever. Like, I was expecting her to be an asshole the entire fucking movie and did not see no assholeness from her. Well, I wouldn't say she's a trooper. I'd say she's a professional actress. Yeah, and I, I think that's kind of the point. Like, from what we see to know is of, like, the reality that happens, for the most part, everyone around uh mima is like really nice and supportive and like tries to make her comfortable and successful no one's being an asshole no one's trying to like shut her down it, it, except for you know that we learned to be the villains but it's not like she's getting big timed by the actress the director's not really being a piece of shit uh the writer's not being a piece of shit everyone is for the most part on her side like even in a scene later the <laughs> you the dude's like hey i'm sorry Oh yeah, uh-huh. we'll get even that one. I hated that scene so much, dude. It, it, but I'm a, so on this scene though. <laughs> I kind of enjoyed the patented like feel like we were watching like Law and Order SVU or something like that. Mm. <laughs> like some of the direct dialogue was like, <laughs> "Why does he always skin his victims?" And she's like, or I think she said that. And the guy was like, "I assume sexual arousement." <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty fucking funny. Before we get too much into that, there is there. I think this is maybe the second time in the movie even they mention like the the idea of 
uh, transforming or whatever, or becoming a different person. I think they even use the word metamorphosis in this scene. And, oh, yeah, actually, duh, it's literally what you just talked about. Uh, they, then they go on to talk about, oh, well, I think that he wants to, like, become a woman. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it, if it, it, this movie has pretty heavy themes of um, identity conflict and transformation and stuff like that. I just think that's something to keep in mind going forward. Um, what's good? Oh, Cizo, Cizo, sorry, we're hosting one line over and over again to make sure she doesn't fuck it up. And it's such a, oh, they make such good use of that line. Yeah, dude, holy shit. When it comes back later, it's just like echoing along with the music. It's phenomenal. Oh, it's amazing. It's just, who are you, right? Yep. Yeah, and then see, uh, what's called, and then she starts freaking out, thinking that everybody's talking about her. Mm-hmm. Which I thought was a really cool scene. Yeah, so, I, I mean, that's a really important scene to call out, because we start to see the beginning of her kind of psychosis and her insecurity for no real reason no one's done anything to make her question herself but she's already starting to have a crisis for whatever reason that as we'll see is gonna spiral pretty far out of control yeah i didn't see too much of her crisis just yet and this it was very if, if you guys saw it i'm i didn't see much yet. well not like the crisis as we'll come to know it but at least like a lot of insecurities uh, yeah, I think it's understandable at this moment. It is, yeah, it but... Because she's making a career change. Yep. A big one, too. One that's you're supposed to be, like, idolized, and then she already has, like, ideas of what she wants to be, and... Yeah, sure. Um, before we move on from here, I do just also want to call out something to keep in mind, is that <laughs> it's fairly obvious, but just how the show they're shooting constantly mirrors what's happening with Mima. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And God, I'm sure there's so much like even hidden meaning in all of this stuff that I didn't pick up on. Like double bind probably means something. I'd probably have a better answer if it was called double blind, <laughs> but I'm, I'm sure double bind means something like I, I, I bet there's something to that name. This is something I'm going to go... <laughs> I'm going to go look up, like, YouTube analyses of this movie later. <laughs> I, yeah, I can see that. Speaking of the mirroring, we get the whole thing of... Um, I, I think they literally say, like, who's the criminal or something. <laughs> like, they, they make it very on the nose of, like, oh, but who who's the, the villain here or whatever. I think it, it's uh, in the show for this... The scene for the show. Either of you have any idea what I'm talking about? <laughs> Mm, not yet no it's right before the letter so yeah so they do like a five four three two one and then there's actually nothing there it's just at the end of one is when the letter explodes right but i mean i was talking about something like in the scene they do something about like uh, that that feels like they're on to some, i don't know whatever it's not important i guess yeah, based on the quick scan of just, like, the screen shots, um, right after they talk, like, it's, they do a scene, and it's, they're, I, it could be at the end of the part where they're talking about, I assume, sexual, whatever, but after that, it kind of goes into, like, you meet Mr. Takora, and then you also see the producer and the writer talk to the lead actress and actor, and then it goes to the letter. Okay, um, I just know there's something in that scene that 
you know, hints to you like, hey, this isn't going to be as obvious as you think it might be. Oh, no, that's coming up later. Oh, I thought that was right now because I wrote who I wrote who's the criminal right above the exploding letter. The three guys in the video store, the the exact quote is, why do all Japanese cycle thrillers end that way? <laughs> that's yeah, you- uh, that's after. Yeah, it's TV series. And then I actually wrote pretty good fucking notes this time. <laughs> and then we get the computer scene where she's teaching how to use a computer. And then we get the guys in the video store. Okay, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Uh, okay, so yeah, we get that. We get the exploding letter. Yeah, that was oh god. Yeah, that was shocking. You first like they're talking about sexual arousal off skinning people, and then you see the. This is the first time I think we see like blood, and I didn't like I said I didn't even know this was rated R. Oh, you didn't know it was rated R? No, huh. I just read psychological thriller and then click play. <laughs> so then we get to the uh, computer scene, right? During this computer scene, about she's getting a new computer, which looks fucking fantastic, 1997. Uh, <laughs> God damn, we've gone a long grade, right, you guys? Fucking, that was 23 years ago. Yikes. I, can I just say, I love um, scenes like this. Scenes of, like, old people learning to use old technology for the first time make me happy for some reason. <laughs> They're always so, like, cheesy and stupid. Yeah. And uh, what's called? We realized that what's it, Mima is not technology gifted whatsoever. Like she's completely, she does not understand anything. All she does is sing and act. Where she doesn't have any time <laughs> to learn these computer shit. I guess you are about that. It's been so long since I've had a thought about how to use technology. What? <laughs> like learning technology for the first time. Like just sure. watching her like explain how internet works. Yeah, that's just crazy to me. And now say what you're going to say. Okay. I didn't write it down, so I apologize if I do not recreate the joke perfectly. So Rumi is showing Mima how to get onto the internet. And she says something like, oh, to, yeah, to get in there, you have to double click it. And she and Mima's like, double click or whatever. And Rumi says like, yeah, what, what, like, what good is a cl- one click or something? What's the joke? I don't know. I didn't get it. <laughs> okay. So, oh, you're asking us if we got the joke. Yeah. No, I do not understand the joke. Or, or I think I she says more, something more along the lines of, like, what has one clip ever got you? I, I honestly don't. Okay, hold on. I or something look, like that. I don't know. It's, like, right at the end of the computer system. This is a browser for the World Wide Web. You launch it by double-clicking here. She says double-clip. Yeah, okay. And she says, what are you going to do with the clip? And she's like, but... And then says, next you go on. Yeah, it wasn't actually a joke. Cutting all this out. Wait, but th- how is that not a joke? Oh, my gosh. Can we she just get on with this? She said, you double click. Oh, okay. I get I get you. Okay. I, thought it was a weird, says, I just thought it was a weird translation. She's like, did I you see. say double clip? Gotcha. Okay. She's I like, missed that. No, yeah. clip? No. I'm so okay. glad we got to the bottom of this, guys. I am, I'm very glad we got to the bottom of it. <laughs> so now he knows he's more. He's He's not. Less smart because he didn't get a joke. I'm less smart because I didn't read the subtitles properly all the way through. Or I that, did, that and too. then I, I don't know. He just didn't register myself. right. Yeah. Unless you guys have more with that, we get to see Mima's room. No, um, let's go. So they talk about the fucking little in this scene. Oh, yeah, you're right. And she's like, oh, it was just a prank. And I pull my notes, prank my ass. Yeah, just a prank. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, okay. Okay. The guy, hey. He didn't get hurt that bad. 
LMAO, just bloody hands. Yeah, I know, really. My bad, you guys. I ha, mean, ha, ha, I, such a good fucking prank. Yeah, these agents are trash. Yeah, I know, really. If I cut my hand with a fucking knife, people would be all over me. You're like, oh my god, let me get a bandaid or fucking gauze, whatever it is. That's because I'm that fucking potent, you guys. I mean, come on. The guy's hand is fucking bloody. Prank my ass. I just had the realization that I think if I cut my hand, my friends would laugh at me. <laughs> That's because you're not important as monkey is. Uh. <laughs> Thank you, Anthony. I needed that. If we ever make a production thing, I'm gonna. That's that's the clip I'm gonna use. Like that plays out. It's because you're not as important as monkey. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and they also didn't call the police. Like, oh my gosh. Yeah, I wrote that down too. Like, what the fuck? Yeah, yeah. Especially since that that comes up later. With uh, the other agent. Uh, okay, and then uh, so he started teaching them the computer terms, and I'm guessing computer terms was fucking English. I did not know that. No, I think it was one of those bad jokes of, like, someone is talking technology, and someone goes, can you say it in English, please? Yeah, kind of like how oh. we, when we cuss, we say, uh, pardon my French. Oh, okay. Well, Something like that. Okay. Yeah, that's how I took it. Yeah, specifically, she was like, yeah, can't you just teach me in Japanese because she's like because what's a computer okay okay are you guys have anything else about this scene uh not really no the next part I I, I thought you want to talk about her room a little bit but okay oh yeah no I, I do want to talk about like no I mean not much to say here but she finds the website and we get that uh <laughs> we get our first who are you refrain She's looking at the site, and we see, like, all the stuff of, like, oh, this person is stalking her. She knows, like, what foot she stepped off, and she knew yeah, that was she bought the cow weird. milk. Fuck that. I'll hire a fucking bodyguard. Like, what the fuck? I mean, I guess she doesn't have money. I don't know how much money she's making. Not very much, yeah. we are led to believe. She has one line, and she was not a profitable idol before. Yeah. Yeah, but, oh, my God, that was, like, at first it was kind of playful. She's like, oh, my God, this is so cool. Someone wrote, and then, like the right foot left foot thing and i was like oh god and then i think that's the time she was also was like oh god and then i loved that who are you repetition while she was practicing her lines with the cut yeah that was so sick because <laughs> she's just repeating who are you while she's looking at the thing and then it flat cuts to the her being nervous for her line Mm-hmm. i don't know why i love that so much dude yeah the transitions in this movie are like across the board phenomenal Transitions all fantastic, but it's sometimes like it's not called mind boggling or something like that, but it's like so fucking quick. You're like, What the fuck just happened? You know what I'm saying? Uh, disorienting, yes, thank you, yes, and increasingly intentionally so as we get further in the oh movie. Oh my gosh, dude. yeah. After that scene, we get the part where uh, she had done three scenes, so she's she's trying to become an actress, you guys. Did you guys talk about her acting crew? The fact that she's been in three scenes so far? Yeah. They're just kind of discussing the shots, or the three shots she was in, and, like, her agents are just back and forth with her. Or talking about her after, they, like, they're watching the three scenes or whatever. Yeah. And it's already a step up from her one line, right? Yeah, and, I mean, we see pretty early Tadokoro goes to the writer and is like, hey, man, can you, like, maybe give her some more stuff? And he's mm-hmm. like, oh, I've got some freaking wild ideas. Yeah, I do like that scene where he, I think he's talking to the producer, and he's like, I think I can spice this shit up. <laughs> yeah, which, I mean, 
I, at that point, I kind of knew that, like, oh, she's going to end up being the killer in the TV show. Dude, I, I, I was like, this kid has no, this writer has no fucking clue what he's doing. Oh, I mean, he said that himself. Oh, that's fair. But I was like, dude, what is happening? They're walking away. He's like, dude, you got to figure this out eventually. And he's like, yeah, that's true, man. But I actually love that scene uh, right after the agents are talking with the three guys in the video store. Uh, One of them says, why do all uh, Japanese psycho thrillers end that way? (laughs) Or like, they were talking about uh, double, wait, are they talking about double blind? I don't know, because that's not over yet. Double bind. Double bind. Yes, they are. That's a fuck. Hold on. I mean, they they might just be ta- yeah, because they're probably just talking about the episode. Oh, that's right. Like, it's it's a series, not a movie. That's right. Yeah. Okay. Ignore ignore that last stupid statement. I forgot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because they're talking about Double Bond. They're like, yeah, it was okay. And then they're like, why do all Japan thrillers end the same way and stuff like that? And I just kind of like that. Was, I I don't know. I kind of like those little. It wasn't a fourth wall break, but it was like a hint, hint, nod, nod. Oh sure. I I, I to be honest, I think there's a lot of fourth wall breaks in this. In, in a way that i think we're meant to well i don't know when i think of fourth wall i think of like um marvel's uh oh yeah though look at the camera and wink <laughs> like uh what's his name deadpool i think of deadpool oh sure yeah i mean there's not much of that but i definitely think not a character per se but the audience is like supposed to be a participant in this movie i feel yeah and even in that scene we get like at the very end of the video scene, we get the, the security guards there with like a, like that patented, like he's got a newspaper over his like nose. So you can't quite see all of his face. And he's listening mm-hmm. to those guys and like they're being sarcastic, of course. But one of them says, someone save me Marine. And then he had like a grin. Like we could actually, yeah, this, this movie I think could be broken down literally scene by scene. Yeah, there's definitely a lot going on here. <sighs> Do you guys remember the subway scene after that? Uh, all I remember is like her basically being like, "Oh, j- uh, oh shit! Is this the first time we see uh, the the like hallucination uh, where she's looking in the window and she sees uh, Mimarin, the mm, idol?" Let me. I don't think so. This is where she like she puts her right foot out of the subway, like he had predicted. Oh right, okay. And then she like freaks the fuck out and starts running. And mm-hmm. I think the best part about this scene is when she gets on top of the steps of the subway. It's in the front of a video store with the camera facing her, so she's on all the TV screens. It's fucking beautifully done. <laughs> you want to talk about dissecting this frame by frame? I bet there is, like, fucking theses about TV screens and cameras of use in this movie. Dude, it was so good. Mirrors, too, probably. Reflections. <laughs> but And that's right before the elevator scene. So she gets into the elevator and sees the... The newspaper clipping taped to the wall of the elevator of the hit and run. It was on the guy that uh, disrupted her final concert. That's who that was. I thought it was going to be all those people are going to die. Like Yumi the Odo was Yumi the main guy was going to die. Then his little two henchmen was going to die on top of that. But I was completely yeah, wrong. Well, I mean, we'd see that the main guy died. Yeah. But yeah, I actually missed that. Yeah, I mean, that was kind of the whole point of, like, someone put that there so she would see it, and, you know, it's basically him being like, hey, look what I did for you. See, actually, when I saw that, I I went to a different route of thinking. I thought that that was him, and he had gotten hit by a car. And she wanted to int- he wanted to introduce more of himself to her. Oh, really? Okay, yeah, that's, that's where I went with that. <laughs> but that makes a lot more Weird. sense. Weird. <laughs> All right. 
I mean, I don't think my thought was wrong. It just I probably should have paid way more attention to the picture of the fucking guy. Yeah, you could tell by the way he didn't look like a goddamn creep. <laughs> this I'm all I'm saying is this stalker is all weebs. I'm a weeb, dude. Don't. God, that smile. That smile when that elevator closes too, boys. I'll tell you what. Ugh. It's so fucking weird. Uh, Jesus, yeah. This is probably a quick time to touch on how, like, how well this dynamic works out where you have such a creepy story, but she's such a happy individual. Mm-hmm. Like, every time she's in, like, they walk to the room, everyone's like, good morning! <laughs> Shit like that. Yeah, and she really doesn't start, like, actually breaking down until probably, like, halfway through the movie, at least. Yeah. Spoiler alert! <laughs> And then do we get to the her two agents talking about the rape scene? Um, technically, it's yeah. She walks into and talks to her chom girls. Oh, is this the scene where they talk about like the fact they uh, the chom girls are actually doing a lot better without her? Uh, I don't think they're doing better without her, but they're they're like everyone will accept them as a duo. I mean, it, not only that, but they are doing better because like, oh look, they made eighty three on the Billboard. She's like. Oh, that's great. We never made it onto the billboard. I don't think that's there yet. Oh, okay. Really? I thought so. I think that's more part of her breakdown. <laughs> no. Well, I didn't take that. Uh, I, I, I mean, as much as I see that being a point of, like, crisis for her, I don't think she ever... Like, blames her other two people. No, I don't her. think she would because she's that nice of a person, but that still weighs on you. Yeah, sure. No, I, I think... It's either this scene or last scene where they was talking about um, the two, the deal. But yeah, they definitely do talk about it. You're right. Yeah. But yeah, we get to the agent scene now. Yeah. And, you know, the, the we get the point of strife with these two agents where uh, Rumi is like vehemently against doing the rape scene, like doesn't want her to do it. It ruins her image or whatever. And uh, Tadakoro is basically on the side of hey you got to do what you got to do to get ahead in this industry right well also this guy what's called he's like oh if she does this rape scene so she'd be half of the movie like oh it's is it a movie or a show that she's doing it's a tv show yeah okay she's gonna be half of the episode which is a good exposal for her right and it like leads into they talk about her character arc a little bit of like oh after this after this happens like she dissociates and becomes two people basically yeah in the show so it starts to kick off her greater character arc which ends up being good for her career and shit like that but all right i got one for you guys uh, i think it might be heavier than I, I think it actually is but oh boy at the beginning of the episode or at the beginning of this movie so i would say like up to right now right where they're discussing you know and you see uh rumi on one side and tadakoro did you guys have like, were you picking sides? Um, no, not between them. No, I didn't, I didn't care about this. It, oh, so, opinion, okay. I'm just saying, in my opinion, me to do the rape scene because he would get a lot more exposure that way. Oh, yeah, because at first I thought it came off to me like right, Tadakoro was being a bit of a dick. For like, It just seemed like he was being really sleazy, but I, but, in, uh-huh. but I also wanted her to do the scene. Like, I wanted her, like, to, she chose this career path, and I know it's still weird. I don't like this guy, but kind of talking about it now and remembering the scenes, uh, he was actually a pretty decent person. 
Uh, we'll get to that later. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But up until now, he was trying to help her out. Yeah. Yeah, well, what's called, we know he's a sleazebag because you, you saw him talking to the writer or director or whatever he was talking to. He's like, oh, could you put more scenes with her? But, like, he, he, he does understand that if his client gets more money, he will get more money. You know what I'm saying? So it's like... So it makes that work go around, baby. Yeah, so he's yeah. like, of course I'm going to try to make her, like as famous as she can be because you know what I mean it's better in the long run for all of us but I do understand the side of Rumi or whatever her name the, I'm gonna Rumi. say the, the female agent Rumi Rumi or Rumi sorry I can't pronounce my sense but yeah and like yes it would destroy your image but it's one of those things like you can you can play safe and hopefully you might make it there or you can like not play safe so I, I kind of a little more than that. It's Tadakoro is trying to further her career and Rumi is trying to protect her previous image, not trying to protect her image in general. Cause you could do a rape scene and no one cares. Like it doesn't ruin you as an actor. If you do a rape scene, but Rumi wants to preserve the idol image that she has. She's trying to protect that. She's not trying to protect Mima in general. Yeah, and actually, I I was at the first watch through, or obviously because I haven't seen this twice yet, but I was getting a very like she's trying to protect her as an actor. Just I think that was because I don't have any idol culture background. Gotcha. So the only thing I could relate it to was like she just wants her to like, like I don't know. There, I mean, I'm I'm assuming there's a bunch of actresses out there like that's why they don't pose nude and stuff like that. Yeah. Even in any scenes, like I'm sure the directors, producers would love that exposure in their movie, but they just don't do it. And that's yeah, that's kind of what I was yeah. thinking. Like that's where this was going. And then, of course, later on, honestly, by the end of this, I were, if I had thought about this scene uh, again, yeah, she was definitely trying to protect her idol image, not her image. Yeah. Yeah, and I think this is also the scene where we learn that uh, Rumi used to be an idol as well. Uh, I think so. Yeah. I don't remember that at all. Huh? I must have missed yeah. that. They pull a little sneaky on you. Yeah. Just a uh, little chew on that one a little bit. Hmm. But uh, to, to answer your question, Anthony, like, no, I was I was on Mima's side. Like, fucking whatever she wants to do. Okay. I would, I would be there like, yeah, okay, you made the right decision. I wouldn't be like, what, you don't want to do it? What's wrong with you? And then we get right into it. Let's just we? jump into it. <laughs> God damn. Okay, leading up, I'm going to say... Maybe it's partially because you know you know what's coming, but holy, the the atmosphere in that entire club scene is <laughs> unfortunately maybe one of the best parts of the movie. Just the way they shoot it, the music, like everyone's faces. That I like the. It's hard. No, they no, they were I, shooting a good fucking scene for that TV show. Yeah, and I love how like. It's so fucking good. Like before they were all like all the men, the faces, they were all waiting for the action, you know, and she's getting into position like all kind of like she's clearly like in something. But if you look at the dude's faces, they're all staring at her like weirdly. And then when you hear action, they're all like, yeah, yeah, strip club fun. (laughs) But like before that, they're it's so weird. Yeah, the the whole thing is just unsettling. Like once the scene actually kicks in, it's like a little bit dizzying almost. Just the constant cuts around to everyone, the chaos of it, everyone shouting. 
And it was so awkward to watch them cut when that dude was on top of her. Yeah, dude. Oh, I can't imagine filming a sex scene now. I... So, funny thing, I, I, I've learned recently that um, some, like, movies and TV shows, and actually, I guess it's, like, an increasing trend, actually use intimacy directors, which are people specifically brought in to basically direct sex scenes as if they were directing a fight scene. Mm. And I guess it's a way to, like, not only make it less, like, weird for the actors, although from what I've seen, most are more or less okay with it. Um, uh, that would make sense, because, like, if you bring in like outside help for that, that 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 that's their job. That would probably be comforting, and it probably makes it more comfortable if you're told what to do rather than your director like go okay go have go pretend to have sex now. Yeah, and the people are like oh, okay, so this is how this would play out, huh? Also, I just have to say how much relief it gave me when they cut and the dude started to move off, and they were like, okay, like everyone hold position, and the guy's like. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm so sorry. And she's like, nah, that's cool. Yeah, she's like, no, it's like, okay, I, was like, I understand. Oh my god, I, I, for a minute, I was like, this is gonna go bad for real, isn't it? Like, something shit, some bad shit is about to happen here. But now everyone's being cool. I still did not, I hated this scene so much. I just don't know. Oh, it's like, extremely eh. uncomfortable. Mm, yeah, I was just like, uh, and then, uh, what's it called? What's her name? We knew, or, uh, Weiwei, or whatever her name is. <laughs> Rumi. Uh, uh, fucking, uh, she just cries and leaves because she basically just wants, I guess, whole fucking, um, other stuff. I don't know what you call it, but yeah, she was, I wouldn't say her hero, but the person that she was trying to impersonate, like, degraded really badly. I mean, I think we could literally make two whole episodes on, like, knowing who Rumi is versus not knowing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, maybe, but... And, like, why she's acting that way. I mean, I guess she's still sad, but the reasons for are literally two different reasons. Well, I, no, I, th I think they're pretty intertwined. Because what she's witnessing is, with this scene, that's it. The idol image is gone. Mm-hmm. Like, e before maybe they could cling to it, she's just, she's just doing a speaking role. She's kind of like this innocent sister person. But now she's not only a stripper, but gets raped. Like, she's... By really like old school fucked up standards yeah she's like the, the the walking embodiment of impurity now yeah which is the antithesis of what idols are supposed to be so that image Rumi was trying to protect is completely broken and uh, just a side note uh, i know you mentioned it earlier but right before that scene she is on the subway and that's where she first sees uh her idol in the mirror oh, okay right that's before that scene yep she first sees uh fuck what's her name me marine there we go which I'm going to say right now, I loved every scene with Mimoine in it. I thought she was a great character. Even though... <laughs> like the every idol? Time they, yeah, no, not the, just every time they used her, I'm like, this is fantastic. Yeah, I agree. So after that, we... Uh, what's it called? She goes back to her apartment. Her fucking fish are dead. Yeah. Yeah, what the hell? Yeah, what happened? Bro, the shit. Okay, well, apparently this is all a fucking vision from her. Like, that's all I can say. Like, I guess he... I, um, and then she realized... She's basically told herself, she's like, Oh, I didn't want to do it, but, like, it's all for my career. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, I don't want to... I, I would love to discuss this, but I don't want to attempt... 
fuck, dude. This sounds like God. This feels like such a bad thing to say. Ah, uh, no. Everything, anything we could say about this scene, I just feel bad for her. No, I have to. Ju- I have to jump back a second. Okay. To okay. the end of the previous scene. Um, fuck, dude. It, it's. I really hate like complimenting a scene like this because it's so fucking disgusting. But the end of that scene, the way her eyes go dead like oh, slowly yeah. is oh my god woof. why do you remind me of that because it's it's a haunting shot dude. it is a really messed up shot i completely forgot about that <laughs> we skipped uh a little bit didn't we because uh right after that she gets in the car with uh totokora right and he's like he, he basically the exchange is basically like hey everything cool and she's like yeah i'm great and he's like all right i'll buy you food <laughs> Yeah, oh, yeah, we're doing a good job. Yep. And that's like right after we get the shot of like, oh, everything is not okay. Yeah. Yeah, she's, I think the the actual sequence was like the scene and then her just standing in front of her little, uh, the mirror or sitting in front of the mirror. Like mm-hmm. she, it's like, I think a five second scene and then right to the Totokoro scene. And then we get to the apartment where her fish are dead and she has her breakdown and be like, oh, you know, obviously I didn't want to do this scene, but what else am I supposed to do? And this is where we start to get a lot of uh, Mimorin. Yeah. And we figured out it's a vision, right? It's Hofis is not yeah. dead. Yeah. Uh, I- so here's... I have two takes on this, right? After... I have one, watching the movie. My watching the movie take is the fish... Or she's just... She's kind of lost it a little bit. And her fish I, are actually fine. I'm just going to say right here. What, what, one point, though. Mima is fucking crazy, right? Like, she needs to go to a psychiatrist, right? After this... Uh, okay, yeah, I, I usually I wouldn't like probably do this, but considering <laughs> we're now talking about a movie with sensitive topics, I wouldn't call her crazy. <laughs> okay, that's kind of a shady thing to say to, about someone in her situation. I mean, as uh, blatantly shown with uh, all the meme marine stuff, she's having a crisis of identity. Yeah, which she would go to a psychologist for. Why? Right? I mean, yeah, she. It, ideally, she would get help. But just trying to, this being a heavier movie, it's a good idea to frame stuff a little more sensitively. And the reason it feels so stressed, I think, is because the whole theme of identity crisis, because she's not actually the fucking insane one. Right. She's, she's just, I mean, she's we just also stressed. She's being gaslit by other people. Yeah. And I think that that whole, that's the, it's just, they're just playing on the theme a little heavy on her end just to make it, just to I don't be the psychological thriller. That's what I was. That's what I'm wondering is because like, there's some scenes which makes no sense, because like there's no way that Ray Ray is in that like, you know I mean <laughs> fucking Ray Ray dude. I'm calling her Ray Ray. That's my Ray favorite because- brand of barbecue sauce. <laughs> that's Baby Ray's. What are you talking about? Listen, but I'm just saying, Mimon like has all these like visions or I don't know what you call it, and there's no way that Ray Ray did this. You know what I'm saying? Like all the stuff that he's thinking of. There's one no, scene that I want to talk about that's like really, I'm just like, what the fuck does this mean? But is it here yet? But, no, it's not here yet. Okay, okay. Yeah. Just to your point though, um, it, it's at the beginning. It's definitely supposed to be very much. We think um, Mima is just having a psychotic break. Yeah, I mean, and, you're not wrong. Yeah, but even at the end, when we learn that Rumi had a hand in a lot of it. I think we're still supposed to question, like, the actual sequence of events, the actual reality, who gets, yes. like, 
who was who where. So it's not just a, oh, everything was roomy. Some of it was roomy. Some of it was Mima. Some of it was Tatakoro. I think if you're approaching this from the perspective of every hallucination and every bad thing that happened is because of Rumi, I don't think that's it. But uh, I want to step... I, I know we just took a huge, like, what is life tangent, but uh, <laughs> I want to talk about the fish one more time. <sighs> yeah, go ahead. Talk about your fucking fish. Well, okay. I mean, tell me this is, like, wrong, though. Like, okay. So the first time watching through it, the fish were dead, and then it's just assumed hallucination because the fish are alive the next day, right? Um, God, when does that happen? That it happens right now. Are they? Are they? Oh, do they show them alive like immediately? Uh, yeah. When she wakes up, they're alive. Okay, I totally missed that. Yeah. So my thoughts is Rumi put them in there. No, there's no way. I just think she's hallucinating. Okay. Uh, I guess so. A movie like this sometimes the. The literal happenings are in service of the greater metaphors and the greater message. And I think things... I could be completely wrong here, but I think things like the fish being dead or alive, whether they're... whether they were replaced, whether that was just a hallucination or whatever, isn't that important. Catch me on Reddit. I'm arguing this point till the day I die. Well, I think them being dead and al- then alive is important, but I think the why isn't as important as the as what them being dead then alive represents. Because I don't think anything really changes based on the explanation. I mean, because we constantly see them dead and alive, right? Do we constantly see them dead and alive? No, we only seen them dead one time. Oh, okay. Yeah, I didn't think we saw. Them <laughs> I'll take, more than I'll take that back then. I'm sorry. So the reason I got that is because at the end of the, the movie we get the the roomies room right, uh huh, and it had the fish in there as well. And I I just I think that the amount that she has been in that room, whether it be her sleeping or not, I, I just think it's a very good possibility. Okay, I yeah sure I guess I see where you're. Like, I have from. a feeling that this room roomie watched her fucking sleep. You're you know what that's a sure. And I'm not saying like it, that. That might not mean a whole hell of a lot, but that was just my not like you. kind of like, oh shit! Now that I remember the scene, I bet that those fucking fish may have actually been dead. Because to be honest, like a lo- I feel like in these hallucination montages we're about to get, <laughs> that just <laughs> fucking like they go on from like I don't know like 120 to like the end of the fucking film. Uh, they're just, I think a lot of that shit happened. She's just in such a state of what the fuck is going on, like that we don't. Like we're just yeah. led to assume that stuff, and I, I really do think that, like, when we when she wakes up and like the fish are dead, I think the fish are actually fucking dead. Okay, sure, yeah, I, I totally see what you mean. If I follow that trail, the only logical like thing that I come up with is that someone fucking put the fish back in there. So I guess that means that I think the hallucinations are less of hallucinations. So there was a greater point. Look at us. There you go. You're doing it, dude. Look at us. It's like you've read a book or two. Ah, uh, yeah, it had a uh, it had pop ups, but we made it through it. It had a big red dog in it. Yeah. <laughs> Although you did touch on the greater theme that we're going to come into of like what the fuck is actually happening and what. Yeah, I may have jumped the gun there, but. And no, you definitely. I mean, it's it's something that is probably really well introduced by the fish because 
were they dead or not? That's true. We're, yeah. we're meant to think about that. I just, um, I honestly missed that they were back alive that next morning. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess we get the montage of her doing interviews. Oh yeah, see, 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 becomes famous after this. Like, she's she's finally hitting her stride as an actress. Yeah, yeah. We get a bunch of like interviews, and then also some a couple of Mima flash, uh, Mimarine flashes in there. And then even we get to see those three fanboys again talk about like how the public's so stupid she needs to be in the whatever. And of course the guard's listening to him. He's listening every fucking time to all the <laughs> stupid shit they're saying. <laughs> and we oh we also we're kind of introduced to him actually typing the shit out too. Oh yeah. To uh, Mima's room, the dot com thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. God damn it! I love this movie. Yeah, it's it's good. All right, so who wants to introduce the writer's death scene? <laughs> oh, right before the writer's death scene, I actually put down, I'm like, is she the one who's doing this? Like, is she the one that's killing all these people? But yeah, we get the boombox uh, elevator scene. With Oh my uh, god, that's such a good fucking scene. I'm just saying, scene. if you see a fucking boombox, like, what the fuck are you doing in uh, 2020? Like, why is there a boombox? Yeah, now it'd be like <laughs> oh, on an iPad. <laughs> it'd be like just streaming from an iPad. Yeah. Someone left their iPad. If I opened an elevator in 2020 and there was a radio playing, I would know I'm yeah, gonna die. Yeah, I'm running. I'm running left or right <laughs> and hope that I pick the right hop, way. Hop on Facebook Live real quick and be like, "Here's my scenery. Here's what's going on. Catch the murder." <laughs> but yeah, and then we get that scene where the elevator opens up and the guy's just dead with his eyes. I mean, b- before that, just the sound design in. Oh my You know exactly God. what's gonna happen in this scene. Yes, the J-pop being used in the background. Oh, yeah, it's, so, it's good. so quiet, and then the elevator opens, and it's. I, I love it's the fact deafening. that it's not like clear. It's kind of shitty sounding. <laughs> like the the speakers sound like they're a little blown out or crackling on the radio. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it, oh just, the sound design in this movie is just out of this world. It's so good. Uh, did you have more you wanted to add, Anthony? <laughs> just a like a quick side note. If I know how we mentioned, like after Bebop, it's all downhill from here. Like, these were all things made before 2000 so far that we've watched, <laughs> and they've been so good. I think both are 97. Yeah. I know this definitely was. Is Bebop 97? Cowboy Bebop started in October 97. Oh, no, that's a different thing. Cowboy Bebop was 98. But, uh, yeah, that's, that's no, I just, I mean, there's really not a whole lot. I mean, you know exactly what's going to happen in the scene. You get, you get that. <laughs> Yeah. And you get it in a pretty brutal fucking way. And yeah, that's really about it. It's just, uh, um, I, I think it's one of the best scenes in the movie. Myself, this is probably one of at least top three. It's good. Uh, I'm a big fan of the next kill scene. Oh, actually, there is one thing I have. Uh, I know this is right after that scene. It's just another, like, nod to the director i'm assuming the uh we see the dead body elevator close and we hear sirens and then it cuts to the little toy siren the kid riding i don't know call me yeah. call me easy but i really enjoy those kind of cuts yeah it was fun hey uh <laughs> i think you may like like satoshi Kon. <laughs> yeah i probably will uh but yeah the next one is like the uh the two girls of chom and uh kind of cut into that is the photo shoot yeah which dude fuck that photographer yeah i didn't i kind of 
I don't know. Maybe you guys were different. When I was watching it, I thought she was into it at first. But then I think she no, was. I think, okay, I think but she then was fine, and then like it progressively. She got saw worse. the final product, and then that's when she was in the bathtub going bastard or whatever. Which I felt so bad for her then. Like, it's probably like shitty, like desensitization, or you know what? I mean, maybe not. Maybe I don't know. It's kind of a weird line, I guess. Um, but a lot of the stuff she's doing earlier is stuff that just like most celebrities, as far as I could tell, do. I'm not saying like the photo shoot looked like it was fine. Well, it's, not when she was naked. <laughs> well, it's when we get to the part where they only publish the naked photos. Oh. And then she's crying about that. Gotcha. I think that was the difference. Is like it was like what's tasteful versus distasteful kind of shit. And that's where I think she had the mm-hmm. issue with the photographer. Now, I could 100% be wrong. I am a person that's never been filmed naked or photographed naked. By other people. Yeah, by professionally by other people. <laughs> Or seen by other people. Yeah, facts. I haven't been outside since what year is it? I don't know, man. Yeah, same. I don't have a calendar. Yeah, I. I again, I think I think the cutting between the concert and the photo shoot is absolutely brilliant. So, what the fuck? And we'll leave it on that for part two next week. <laughs> the uh, was me Marine there? Like, did they use a hologram? Okay, yeah. So, the concert scene, right? Yeah. Uh, uh, so, we're seeing her getting photographed nude. Mm-hmm. And then it jumps into the concert as part of that. Yeah. Yeah, was she actually there singing? No. She, Mima was not. But the way the crowd reacts, we're led to believe that something was there. So, do we even think that concert happened? I have no fucking clue. But we just know that, yeah, everyone gets real excited. And, like, she even jumps into the crowd and they, like, swarm her. Yeah, because it definitely looks hologram-esque. But she always looks like that. No, no, it's definitely, like, something hard. Like, if you rewatch it, there's definitely, like, Hmm. phrase upon her and stuff. At the beginning, when she's first introduced, and then it goes to, like, normalized. I think think she's just imagining that, like, being back on the stage with her gal pals. Well, that's that's a weird thing to imagine that the security guard is also there smiling while she jumps into the crowd. I mean, it could be the security guard's is it imagination. Yes, because he even wrote in the the Mima's room the next day, like, "Thanks everyone for coming." Well, unless that was just I mean, his imagination that we're seeing. I mean, there's that, and the other question is, is it Rumi? Like Rumi showed up and started that, or was it her imagination? Because the the take I got from the end is that she's the one making the posts. Like oh, she's and he's, he's at, we hear the clickety clack of the keyboard, but that's just him typing and maybe like a reply or something like that. Yeah. I mean, that's okay. So then, yeah. Okay. Well, anyway, it's, it'd be her imagination or yeah. Or is it Mima's imagination and she's fucking miserable doing this nude photo shoot and is now thinking, oh, what if I was, what if I was still that idol or something? I don't think it's that one just because of the, the, the Mima's room afterwards. Cause sure. Uh, cause Mima, the actual Mima has no. Yeah, you're you're right. I know what you mean. All right, so yeah, actually, now that I think about it, the the meme mania guy who's emailing, that's when we actually figure out that it's not him doing. The, yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. It probably was Remy Remy's imagination, or even that somehow she managed to stand in for that song and actually go perform it. It's possible, cause so, yeah, something fucky happened there. I don't know. Maybe someone else can explain it to us. Did you guys talk about the Stockholm Blank Auto magazines? <laughs> we did not. Yeah. 
just really what, what what's the guy's plan though i mean really he's not gonna buy all of them. he doesn't want other people to have the nude photos dude she's tr- he's trying to protect <laughs> yeah okay. that's, that's what i got but it's still weird either way yeah, yeah oh no it sorry if i said that in any way that sounded like it was a good thing <laughs> We really did. You you made it sound like it was uh, possibly sane. Look, all I'm saying is this dude is her knight on shining armor. Yeah, he's the white knight. If he would, if she would just give a nice guy a chance, like God my damn. man over here is being Don Quixote with that fucking left eye hanging out there, fucking fighting windmills or whatever. <laughs> I've never read Don Quixote. That sounded about right. I haven't either. I can't fucking read. <laughs> I think he fights a windmill or something. Yeah, no, he does. Great, but I think everything he does is for the honor of a girl. So. Don Quixote is the original simp. <laughs> I hate that that word's a fucking thing right now. I think it's kind of funny. It's way better than cuck. I like cuck. Nah, cuck's lame. It has the same effect of fuck. It just feels better coming out the mouth. Like, you're a simp. Like, you're a fucking cuck. <laughs> nah, see, but simp, it, that's, I, maybe that's why I don't like it. Cuck feels like, like you're actually trying to insult somebody. Simp feels real tongue-in-cheek. So I feel like when you, yeah, okay, I, I, it depends on what you're doing. If you're trying to, like, if you're mad and rage, you're going to say cuck. But if you're trying to make someone feel real bad, I think you would say simp. You're right. If you're mad and trying to insult someone and you go to cuck, you immediately lost. <laughs> Fucking cuck. Oh, anyway. Next thing I have is when Mima starts to chase the, I guess at this point, probably illusion of Mimarine. Yes. And I love this chasing. It's so oh, well so made. It's crazy how good this one is. I loved every part about this chase scene. Yeah, and the, the music during it is one of the couple... I mean, the music throughout is fantastic, but this is one of the points where I was like, this is actually so good, I have to write music to remember to say that the music is good here. Yeah, I, I didn't have a whole lot on this scene. I didn't get a lot out of it, except for the movement of... Because, uh, uh, obviously, the actual Mimo's running like fucking like a normal person. Whereas the illusion uh-huh. is like prancing around, which we'll come back to later. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. Yes, yeah. it is. This was such an important scene for that reason. Do you remember why she's doing this, or is this happens? What do you mean? Uh, I think she's running away from something. Uh, Mima sees Mimarine, and well, I I think she's running away from Chomp, meeting her members of Chomp, because this I think we're definitely established that they're doing better without her now. Oh, sure, yeah. And I think okay, she's actually right. running away from that meeting. Like, I think this is a psychological point, not just her, like, oh, I'm going to go chase it. Oh, yeah. I think she's, right. I think she's got is, more, yeah, I think I there's more I, under it than that. Yeah. Yeah, you might be right, actually. That's a that's a really good catch. Yeah, that is a really good catch, Anthony. Well, you gave me such a good fucking movie, man. <laughs> you think Cowboy Bebop wasn't as good? Fuck you! Ah, uh, we'll talk about that later. <laughs> <laughs> Next time, I'm picking... Paprika? Mmm, paprika's not as good. No, I was trying to think of something shitty I could pick, but I couldn't think of anything. Uh, I thought he was going to pick, um, what's called? Was it, it's not Dead Man's Wonderland, but something like that? It has the really uh, good I, I'm not sure what I'm, I'm not sure what I'm going to pick next. Oh, okay, so we get this chase scene, and then we get another, we get a dream sequence, right? With the fucking pizza guy? So, no, 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 not yet. Okay. So she, we get the chase, and then she ends up getting hit by the truck, driven by the security guard. And wakes up. Yes. As if, like, you know, all that was a dream or whatever. And then we see a couple of more things. And she keeps waking up. And, like, I think even the news repeats once. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you are definitely right on that. And I'm sure it does matter in the scenes. 
but I can't remember which of her two illusion or hallucinations were actual. Like, I know this is the first time we heard the economic planning agency or whatever it was. Yeah. But yeah, that's definitely Jesus. the one that gets repeated. All I put down in my note is what the fuck is happening? Two dream scenes. <laughs> two. <laughs> this is where I'm sitting in a dark room trying to watch the movie and write notes at the same time. And I don't know what the fuck I wrote down here. It's like for four different instances. <laughs> I definitely like. I definitely paused the movie. Uh, I know I did this twice. I paused the movie, thought to write something down. I was like, I don't even know what I was gonna put down, and then unpause the movie. Thanks again for listening to My First Anime. If you enjoy the show, tell your friends and leave a review. It really helps. I'm Chris Bailey, and you can find me on Twitter at Chris R. Bailey or hear me play pretend on the actualplay.network podcast. And finally, thanks to Slink for the use of 12 Speed as our intro and Winnie the Moog for the use of Speed Energy as our outro. You can come to my stream, STMonkey at Twitch, where the O is a zero in monkey, so make sure you guys remember that. Uh, I play single-player games and multiplayer games. Well, sometimes multiplayer games. Tuesdays and Fridays afternoons. You can also follow my Twitter at STMonkey. Also, always a zero. And my Instagram. Uh, my Instagram is mostly containing dark photos of my dog. He's a poodle. And sit you. You can reach out and contact us on Twitter at MyFirstAnime or uh, email at MyFirstAnimePodcast at gmail.com. And if you feel so inclined, my personal Twitter and Instagram are both Sir Paperplate, where you will find only pictures of my cat. And once again, thanks for listening to My, my First, first anime. anime.